The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, the uh, topic mudita, um, sympathetic joy, and... Um, you know, sometimes when I think about, um, you know, joy, I think of um, kind of like those awkward family photos where the children are wearing these like very forced, very artificial smiles that look basically like grimaces, you know, and it's like, be joyful. Mudita, sympathetic joy is a tricky one, Yeah. It's a tricky one, right? Because um, joy is just like uh, this this spontaneous upwelling. It's a little, it'll maybe a little trickier to incline the mind in a way that feels um, spontaneous and alive. And so I promise not to uh, command you to be joyful, you know, um, So a colleague, friend of mine, uh, Tuweri uh, Sala, sometimes she, she's like uh, the queen of, met, of, uh, of Mudita. You know, she sometimes just, I don't know, when she talks about it or guides something, she just like goes for it. And uh, I wind up in like a slightly dysregulated ecstatic blur of delight she's just like sometimes relentless with it and um anyway so i wanted to uh to share share a little bit of what she said this is from uh, a retreat we did a year ago um so a couple paragraphs from her so she says um we've come to my favorite favorite moment in all of dhamma I don't know when I opened this Pandora's box. It's not the way I grew up with this energy. I don't know. Anywhere in my life, I would say, oh, yeah, joy is what I would call life. I grew up in a very difficult childhood, spent the bulk of my life poor on welfare. Joy would not be the underlying feature of experience that I would point out. But somewhere in Dhamma, I stumbled upon this mudita, and it's been a game changer for me. So let me see if I can try to help you see where I'm pointing to. There's a great difference between mudita and the kind of worldly joy that we try to access regularly in our lives. I imagine that each one of us on this call, there's 56 of us, we all get two joys, two moments of joy in our lives this year. That's all you get, two opportunities of joy. And if you're like me, we've already used them up. So there's no joy for the rest of the year. <laughs> You've already had it. So the only way you can access a level of joy is it has to come from someone else. If I start telling you about some joy I have, because you're human, you'll feel it. If I begin to cry, you'll feel that. If I tell you about some sadness, some difficulty in my life, you'll feel that. And likewise, I realized 
uh, that I could feel the joy of another person. And there would never be a day or a moment in time when I would not feel joy. Never. It's not possible. There are like billions of people on the earth. And at any given moment, somebody somewhere is experiencing joy. And all I have to do is to be willing to tap into that joy and feel it with them. My granddaughter's four years old and she's learning about jokes. And she just starts laughing. She'll say something like, and then they said, go away. (laughs) Laughing uproariously. And I'm laughing. And that is not even funny. But I'm laughing because she's laughing so hard. Like she told some great joke. It's just another way of experiencing the human condition that we're all interconnected. So yeah, uh, let us um, lean on each other's joy. Let us lean on each other's joy. And amidst amidst pain, you know, it can sometimes feel like joy is a a way of cheating on one's grief. You know, it can feel like a certain kind of adultery, like cheating on one's grief. But um, one of the shifts in Dharma practice is that our emotional life becomes more supple and a moment of joy does not cancel out the grief. It's just like we, our emotional life, it, it's more, yeah, it's more fluid and supple. And so a moment of grief can just be followed by peace and then joy. And then maybe the heart circles back to whatever its pain it might be connected to. But the joy is not cheating on the pain. It's okay. And our, our, we can depart from our kind of homeostatic baseline into, yeah, maybe even deep joy. Sometimes it's, um, it's easier to talk about removing the obstacles to joy rather than creating joy, right? I can't chide you, you know, smile, be happy, right? And so instead, the practice is is really like to examine, well, what obstructs mudita? What obstructs this like delighting in the welfare of others? Possessiveness, comparing mind, envy, Um, the machinations of ego. The reflex of of ego is really to um, to incorporate all goodness into itself. It, it's like my ego tolerates no goodness outside itself. It must appropriate everything. That is a very fragile dangerous way of living 
to not tolerate goodness outside oneself or to need for that goodness to affirm one's own egoic process. That's a fragile way of living. And so we're going to have to actually step in some ways out of self to truly enjoy other people's happiness, to truly enjoy it. Now, it just feels important to acknowledge, like, mudita is not a public policy, you know. So when I say we must relinquish envy or something like this, I am not talking about public policy. The disparities in health and wealth are not sustainable. What I'm talking about here, and there there are very understandable reasons for things like envy. I'm talking to the heart of of a practitioner. Yeah. We're going to have to step out of some of these egoic forces to truly delight in the welfare of others. So there's an, an essayist um, um, talking about the seven deadly sins, lust, gluttony, greed, laziness, wrath, pride, envy, and um, said um, of the seven deadly sins, only envy is no fun at all. And isn't that true? Isn't that true? Um, envy is, um, is usually about um, two people and jealousy about three. And um, wanting someone something has versus wanting someone, some relationship connection in the case of jealousy. Um, And of course, these forces likely have real evolutionary benefit. Yeah, they've been encoded into us. And still, it's important to remember that evolution uh, doesn't care about enlightenment even a little. We're here. We're here because we're the sufferers. This is an evolutionary uh, psychologist. Despite the manifold unhappiness jealousy creates, jealousy has a crystalline functional logic, precise purposes, and supreme sensibility. It exists today in modern humans because those in the evolutionary past who were indifferent to the sexual contact that their mates had with others lost the evolutionary contest to those who became jealous. As the descendants of successful ancestors, modern humans carry with them the passions that led to their forebears' success. The legacy of this success is a dangerous passion that creates unhappiness, but the unhappiness motivated adaptive action over evolutionary history. The, to move against the 
the forces of jealousy, of envy, is to move in some ways against the stream. The, the Dhamma is against the stream. And um, these mechanisms of the mind, um, envy uh, especially, really shows us where we're identified, where we're identified. Um, it, envy, envy highlights the insanity, really, of egoic life. Identification, wherever we are identified, it impairs our love and our capacity to access joy, to receive the joy of another in an unthreatening, unintimidating way, in a way that does not diminish ourselves, that does not evoke the comparing mind. This is Matthew Ricard. Envy is the product of a wound to self-importance and the fruit of an illusion. What can other people's happiness possibly deprive us of? Nothing, of course. Only the ego can be wounded by it and feel it as pain. These are the results of our having forgotten our innermost potential for affection and peace. When we uh, feel sufficient, yeah, when the kind of all the, the egoic melodramas of worthiness and unworthiness of my deserving, undeserving, when all of that uh, fades, we are... Um, we can delight in the well-being of others. When we're fluid in ourselves, we ask, am I that? No. Am I that? No. Then there's less and less to defend and the delight of others is totally unthreatening, just rushes into our heart. Very natural, easeful, joyous. So I offer this for your consideration. 